When contemplating the whole of Churchill's great career, it is important to look past the most spectacular chapter, his finest hour leading Britain in World War II, and recognize that the central issue of Churchill's entire career was the problem of scale in war and peace. As his letter to Bork Cochrane, written on his 25th birthday, a few weeks before he escaped from a Boer POW camp, attests, Churchill saw how changes in technology, wealth, and politics not only would create the conditions for total war, but also would transform war into an ideological contest over the status of the individual. Churchill was writing to Cochrane, a Democratic congressman from New York City, about the economic problem of the trusts, which was then front and center in American politics. As we shall see, Churchill had strong views about how governments would need to respond to social changes in the 20th century. Indeed, that question was the focus of his early ministerial career. But from his earliest days, even before he entered politics, he saw that the new scale of things in the modern world would be felt most powerfully in the area of warfare. His observations about the terrible machinery of scientific war in the River War led him to ask what would happen when two modern nations, not Britain and the Sudanese dervishes, confronted each other with the modern weapons of war. It was a question no one else was asking. Nearly every politician and military commander associated with the 1898 Sudan campaign regarded it as just another in a series of minor military skirmishes or border clashes necessary to maintaining the British Empire in the late 19th century. The era of epic continental warfare, of megalomaniacal ambition like that of Napoleon or Louis XIV, was thought to be over. It seemed inconceivable, Churchill wrote later in the world crisis, that the same series of tremendous events through which since the days of Queen Elizabeth we had three times made our way successfully, should be repeated a fourth time and on an immeasurably larger scale. This was no mere flourish of retrospection. In fact, Churchill himself had first conceived the possibility of intense conflict among the continental powers, occurring in 1914, no less, when he was a schoolboy. It was the first of several astonishing predictions of World War I. One of the persistent misconceptions of Churchill is that he was a poor student. It is more accurate to say he was, by his own admission, a rebellious student, often bored with the curriculum and chafing under the standard teaching methods of the time. It was obvious from his earliest days in school that he was extremely bright and facile with the English language a prodigy at learning history and extending its lessons. Still, he was often on report or ranked near the bottom of his class at the end of the term. One of Churchill's instructors at Harrow, Robert Somerville, recognized the boy's abilities. In fact, Somerville thought Churchill ought to attend one of Britain's prestigious universities rather than the military academy at Sandhurst, where he eventually enrolled. When Churchill was fourteen, Somerville challenged him to write an essay on a topic of his own choosing. He wanted to give his pupil free range to see what his imagination and comprehensive knowledge of history might produce. Churchill's father, Lord Randolph, had been Chancellor of the Exchequer, 
and some speculate that Somerville, expecting an equally illustrious political career for the son, wanted to have a record for the school of Churchill's early prowess. Churchill framed his essay as a report of a junior officer from a battlefield on which the British army was fighting Tsarist Russia. The date he chose, 1914. The Engagement of Lamorais, July 7, 1914. By an aide-de-camp of Gen. C. Officer Commanding, H.M. Troops in R. In his essay, which filled seventeen lined pages, Churchill manifested his knack for map-making and his knowledge of geography. He appended five pages of maps on a scale of two inches to a mile, depicting the placement and movement of batteries, trenches, artillery, convoys, tents, and regiments of cavalry and infantry.